I don't think it's a desi thing when I say that families can be complex. Every family looks a little bit different. And with variables like extended family, kids, exes, things can get really messy. And everyone has their own story to tell. Today, I have found desi stories from real people on Reddit who are looking for internet's judgment on whether they are the a-hole. We are going to talk about in-laws. We're going to talk about divorce. And we're even going to talk about religion. So today's masala is about to get karam. That is spicy in Tamil. Welcome to another episode of Masala Takes. Welcome to Masala Takes. My name is Shree and I am here to provide my brown girl take on stories from the internet and topics that involve human dynamics, community, culture, and identity. We are a brand new podcast and this is our first real reaction story, so please let me know what you think about this format and whether you'd like to see more of it. To make things extra fun, I'm going to be reacting to these stories live, so I have not come up with speaking notes or a script. It's going to be super candid, so let's get started. The first story, am I the a-hole for not wanting to adjust to my 28 female boyfriend's 26 male parents living with us for months at a time? My boyfriend and I have been living together for three years in a city in Australia. A few months ago, his parents arrived from India to live with us. I was excited to make an impression and went out of my way to make them feel comfortable. They were nice to me in the beginning, but some of their demands started making me feel queasy in my own home. One, they were uncomfortable with my boyfriend and I sleeping together in the same room, resulting in my boyfriend having to camp out in the living room for two months. Two, the mother taking over the kitchen and excluding me from grocery shopping, even after requests to include me. And three, not acknowledging me as his girlfriend in front of friends. Four, not offering to help with clearing and general upkeep. Five, rearranging furniture multiple times in spite of being requested not to. And six, the father expressing his concern over me not helping his wife in the kitchen, which wasn't even true. Seven, oh my goodness, this list keeps going. Seven, the parents giving credits to my boyfriend and thanking him instead of me on multiple occasions, even when they knew he was not involved in planning or execution of like dinner parties, trips, etc. Eight, the father feeling uncomfortable that I wore a short dress at home. He did apologize later when I ended up crying about this, but he insisted that these are the values his family has been brought up with. I suppose my issue is not that his parents are not very nice to me, but that my boyfriend, who has been nothing short of ideal all these years I've known him, seems to not acknowledge any of these as real issues, and did not stand up for me when his father had an issue with my clothes. All of my concern were either dismissed with a so what, their guess, we have to make them feel comfortable. Or, my dad is traditional and there's nothing wrong with his mentality. The parents left after spending three months here and I moved to another city in Australia for a job shortly after. My long-distance relationship has been great for the four months that we've been living apart and we see each other once a month. However, my boyfriend recently told me that his parents are visiting shortly for two months, again. I am shocked that my boyfriend wouldn't consult me or warn me before their flight tickets were booked. It has triggered the concerns I previously had and are met with, but, but they are my parents. I was also told that these visits will be frequent and I have to be okay with this when I move back in with them. I am being asked to give, my, give up my privacy and personal space for months every year. I want to make it clear that... I would never ask my boyfriend to stop his parents from visiting us for a few weeks, once a year or so. Am I the a-hole for expecting my boyfriend to take my needs into consideration and stand up for me when needed? 
Edit, I am an Indian too, but from a different culture. I'm shocked to see the number of comments confirming how rampant this is, even in educated Indian families. Okay, I haven't read the comments yet, but this just seems like a lot and also completely expected in so many ways. I mean, I have a whole episode on this kind of condition where sons and mothers tend to be intertwined in an unhealthy way, but I definitely see that happening here. Like, it is really up to the son. Like, this... This girl has a boyfriend problem, I would say even more than an in-laws problem, because it's up to her boyfriend to be setting these clear boundaries. I mean, I've seen all of these things happen with people I know. I mean, I know someone who expected their daughter's boyfriend to like move out of the house for months when they were visiting and they were like crashing on a friend's couch. I, I know that this happens, but it really is up to the kids, the two people in the relationship to like sort out the boundaries and like make things comfortable and clear. I don't think a lot of what's happening is fair to this girl. And I also just wonder if this couple is not necessarily the right fit. Like your boyfriend has shown you who he is in the scenario, right? Like if I was talking to the original poster here, this boyfriend has shown her who he is clearly. He has shown her that he's great. He's loving. He's caring. He's willing to do long distance, but He's not willing to prioritize you over his parents. And at the end of the day, that's who you're going to be, you know, in a relationship with at the end of the night. That's who you're going to be making your big decisions with. That's who you're going to be having kids with. And like when you have these other big milestones that come in your life and you're not comfortable with how things are, unless this boyfriend can clearly recognize that there's an issue and he's making steps to change it, I feel like this might be a time to like really sit down and consider if this is what you want, because this is how it's going to be. Like, it's not going to get better unless the boyfriend clearly sees the difference here. Like, there have been a lot of cases where moms and sons have these kind of unhealthy relationships or, you know, parents and children have unhealthy relationships, but they get out of it because the child is very diligent about setting boundaries. And this is clearly not happening here. Also, I will say like, some of these things definitely feel cultural. Like I know culturally, we don't typically see girlfriends and boyfriends living together before marriage. It's definitely changed a lot now. I'm seeing it all over the place, even in my own family, but it's definitely not something that's culturally acceptable. And what you know, people tend to do in that generation is they try to tell the story that they want other people to hear in fear of judgment. And they're also projecting because they are also subsequently judging other people in this community, right? Like they're judging their friends' kids. So they know that their friends are probably going to judge their kids. And what ends up happening because of that is like everybody has to keep up this fake level of upkeep um, to protect their own kind of feelings and emotions and sanity and, you know, what other people think about them, which is so important, you know, generationally and culturally. So I think, yeah, like the fact that this mom is like not acknowledging that she's his girlfriend it just seems kind of typical um but it doesn't mean that it's something that you have to accept like just because this is something that happens in indian families i think we need to stop excusing the fact like oh they're old they don't get it that's just what they think and we need to start challenging the fact that these old people also live in today's society and if they're infringing their belief system their way of life on other people then boundaries need to be set like if they want to not live with their boyfriend, they're free not to, but they cannot expect these things from other adults in society. And I know it's way easier said than done, but it just seems like, you know, 
right now, this is not it. Like your boyfriend is not standing up for you and is not showing you that he's going to have your back in this partnership. And if they're already, you know, visiting this much, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine what's going to happen when they have kids. And like, when you really need to be setting those boundaries and you're really going to need someone in your corner, I don't know if this boyfriend's going to do that for you. Let's see if there's any comments here. Okay, the top comment has 7.5 thousand upvotes, which is like likes on Reddit. Um, so it says, not the a-hole. Don't move back in with him unless he and his parents start treating you as a full partner in the relationship. If you don't change the rules now, you can expect to be treated as an unwanted guest in your home for the rest of your life. There's a response to that comment that says, agreed to the end, not the a-hole. But this family is never going to change. So the best advice is don't move back in with them and dump him after carefully explaining why. A culture of a-holery is a-holery, not culture. I love this. His parents are rude, overbearing, sexist, and creepy. Been the lot of them. The second top comment here has almost 3,000 upvotes. So it says, not the a-hole. I think the overall vote here is not the a-hole. This will be your life going forward. Unless you can maintain a small condo solely in your name where you can escape when they come because they will, and they will expect to stay with you all for months. And your boyfriend, like most Indian men, will take their side. Always. Source, I'm an Indian. I don't know if it's most Indian men in our generation, but there definitely is like an epidemic amongst Indian men. And we're going to do such a big deep dive into this. I'm excited for that episode. But I totally agree with this comment. And I think that I agree with the sense that we need to stop labeling this poor behavior and, you know, misogyny and sexism and all of these things as culture, because that's not really culture. Oh, there was a response to this comment that says, for what it's worth, they'll also be free childcare if you have kids with him, but it's up to you to decide if that entire headache is worth it. Uh, hard nope. As someone who has a kid, boundaries, like you need to leave your kid with people who respect your boundaries. And if they don't respect your boundaries, then they can potentially harm your child and it's just not worth it. And, and you're just going to repeat cycles that, you know, we should be trying to break as a generation. So don't stay with him for free childcare if you want children. That is just not a good idea. So as you can imagine, the final verdict here, not the a-hole. Let's move on to story number two. Am I the a-hole for wanting my son to move back closer to his family? Oh my gosh, the story has so many edits that I have not read and I'm so excited to see all of these edits to see what happens to the story. Um, but let's dig in. So, hi, this is my first post on Reddit and English is not my first language, so I apologize for the mistakes I'll probably make. I'm 56 female and I live with my husband, 64 male. We have one son, 33 male, who currently lives abroad and we see him once a year as it's very far away and expensive to go. We live in a small town. He moved away when he was 18 for college and never came back. We expected him to move back after he graduated, but he decided to stay where he was since he already had a job and a girlfriend there. They got married. Our town, so, so it's wife then. Our town is close to our state's capital where his work field is very strong. Ever since his senior year in college, I've been trying to convince him to move closer for a better career and to stay close to his family. He never showed interest, which I found odd, especially since his wife also works in the same field. Four years ago, they moved abroad. I felt betrayed when he told me. He was already living three hours away from us. Why would he choose to go even further to another country, but not the city right next to us? I never told him anything besides to let them know me and his father are always here if they needed us. 
Until recently, things were fine. I missed him a lot. We text every day, but we don't get to speak to each other often. The problem is my father, 84 male, whose health took a deep dive and is very fragile. And with my son living so far, he is missing a precious time he could be spending right here. His granddad is not likely to live many years now. I told the news to my son, and he was sad about it, and he came to see us and left a week ago. I was honest with him. I said his grandfather will not stay with us for long, and since he lives so far away, he will lose the opportunity to stay close and enjoy the time he has left. He was not happy about me touching this matter. He said I was trying to guilt him into moving back. I asked him why he was doing this to me. Why doesn't he miss me and his dad? We're getting old and he's only seeing us once or twice a year. It's cruel to us. He said he missed us, but he is happy where he is and does not plan on moving back. And he and his wife are already making plans on buying a house where they live. I couldn't take it and I burst out crying. I told him I feel abandoned, that he doesn't seem to care for us and he should enjoy his family while he can because we will not be here forever. I asked what makes him think he cannot be happy living here and he didn't respond. The few days after this were very awkward and after he left, he seems to be even more distant, avoiding me and being very short on his texts. Yesterday, his wife called and said my son was feeling bad and told her what happened. She called me an a-hole and said I had no right trying to manipulate him like that and I should be ashamed. I don't think I'm the a-hole for wanting my son closer to me. They are the a-hole for abandoning family behind. And I'm including her as well, since she did the same. I talk to her mother often and she is on my side. I can totally see why this couple moved away because this mom is so overbearing and like, I'm like getting secondhand, you know, tension from all of this emotional blackmailing. I've seen this happen with people um, where every time you see the person, all they can talk about is how you haven't seen them enough. And the actual time you get with them ends up being not quality time and not, you know, happy time because all they can talk about is, oh, I haven't seen you in a year and it's been so terrible. And it's like, well, we're here now. So why can't we just be happy about it? I think that when people have kids, they should never expect their kid to fulfill a need for them. Like it's already, I feel like a selfish kind of decision to have kids. Would love to debate that. But it's like this mom is expecting her son to change his entire life around. And to for what? Just to be closer to her and the granddad. And like he has a family now. And when people get married and... Here's my masala take right now. But when people get married, that is their immediate family. Your parents, your siblings, like everyone you grew up with, they become your extended family. You make a choice to marry someone and it's not abandoning anyone else if you prioritize your family. You're not, you know, shunning anyone or disrespecting anyone else if you prioritize your family. And if this is the way that this mom is, it just feels so overbearing. I can already... Like I can already picture, you know, what this mom looks like. And um, I am not thrilled about this for the kid. I'm not surprised that they're keeping distance. And like, I'm just going to say this. If you're a mom with the kid and the kid is moving away or whatever's happening, if you want to maintain a good relationship with the kid, this is not the way to do it. Like maintain a healthy relationship, call them, be a part of their life, like help them with their decisions, create an open dialogue. Be a loving, safe space that they want to come to. If you create this hostility and this tension and, you know, put them down and say, you're not doing these things for me, you're not making me feel good, that kid is not going to want to come home to you. I mean, I can say that with certainty and you can clearly see that's happening here. 
Now, this post has so many updates and I haven't read any of them. And um, I feel like with these Reddit posts, sometimes people post and they're actually looking for some sort of feedback and they grow and they learn and they change their approach. And it's like a really great story. And I feel like sometimes when people post, they're just looking for validation on something that they believe to be true. So they're so convinced that they're right, that they think that everybody else is also going to tell them that they're right. And that's going to be like, see, I'm right. And I wonder what kind of mom this is going to be. My initial guess is the latter. So let's see. I'm like being so judgy here because... um, It's just like something that I've seen happen to so many people I know, and it's so hard for a kid to go through that with their parents where they feel like obligated to maintain this relationship. And it's also sad at the end because I feel like if they do maintain this relationship with their parents, it's not one based on like mutual trust and love and understanding. It's one based on like, oh, I have to call my mom because I have to call my mom. And it's just sad for everyone all around. And I really wish that you know, people would see this mentality for what it is. So like, I completely understand it's probably so hard as a mom to watch your kid move away and have this other life and like, you know, and and maybe you didn't set yourself up and maybe you're not super connected to your husband anymore. Like, I don't know what's going on in this person's life. I can see that it could be so hard, but there's just a way better approach to deal with it. So like in this situation, I'm my personal vote is you are the a-hole in the situation and I'm kind of with the wife here. Let's read some of these comments. Oh, wow. The top comment has 10 and a half thousand upvotes. So you're the a-hole, not for feeling sad that your son lives far away, but for constantly trying to guilt him into moving back when he has made clear that that's not going to happen. Adults get to choose for themselves where they want to live and what career they want. Your son is not required to move close to you. The second top comment says, agree, the guilt trips aren't helping. OP, original poster, I've lived in a different country from my parents since 2014. One of the reasons I had a desire to be so far away is that I had healing and growth to do away from my parents. My parents are lovely people, truly, but there were some dynamics in the family that were unhealthy for me. This is true, right? I think people tend to move away or they need to move away to kind of find themselves and find their growth, especially when you have you know, parents that are like very involved and very loving, it's kind of hard to find yourself in that. So it says, being further away has helped me be able to understand myself, the world, and shake off the family-defined version of me that I felt was inaccurate. It's taken a long while, but I'm at a better place with my parents than I've ever been. I feel like they see me more clearly now, and our relationship is more honest. We actually enjoy each other's company. Absence makes the heart grow fonder and all of that. So, The original poster here, the OP, adds an edit. So it says, I just want to add some more information. One, I'm not asking my son to sell his happiness to be by my side. I just can't see why he needed to be so far away. While he and his wife could have wonderful careers around our area, they could earn more money and stay close to family. It's illogical for me to think about anything else. Number two, some are under the impression that I gave up my life to become his mother, and that's not true. I had my own career and a good one. I worked hard to give my son the best I could. I retired six years ago. Three, I realize this is a very strong cultural background where we come from. Family is expected to stay close. My son was the first member of my family that decided to move somewhere far away. That makes visitations once every two weeks or even once a month impossible to do so. Four, I don't expect to be taken care of when I get old. Me and my husband have already talked about this, and unless my son wants to, we will not ask him to take care of us. Five, just to clarify, I'm not Indian. Wait, what? Okay, I I was 
for sure when I read the story, I was like, this, this has to be a Desi story. Okay, well, Desi-ish stories. We're just going to change the branding. I swear this was an Indian story. Okay. While I love India and I have been there once with my husband, I just want to clarify that I'm South American and my son currently lives in North America. And I think I'm getting it. It's really cultural. I guess, you know, the one thing that's interesting is I say that I'm sharing the Desi perspective, but I feel like a lot of immigrant communities actually have very similar cultural things, especially when it comes to family values. So yeah, I, I think Latin South American culture could mirror Indian culture so closely that I was for sure this was an Indian story. So look at that. This is a wide reach podcast. <laughs> um, so the second edit says, most people here seem to be from the USA, and I understand it's really normal for families to be separated after children move to college, and they see each other just once a year at Christmas or Thanksgiving. I was raised to believe that families should stick together. I raised my son to have the same values, and I expected him to keep this tradition, but he has broken it. It's not his fault, but I'll never understand his decision. Okay, this mom is really doubling down here, and she's just not getting it. Like, I completely understand that this mom has very different family values, but you cannot expect your sons to grow up and have the exact same values as you. Like, I, I'm pretty sure if she reflected on her values versus the values of her, you know, elderly father who's living in her home, they're going to be different values. People evolve and we cannot expect ourselves to be the end of the evolution. Like, my child is going to have a completely different outlook on life for me. That's how the world progresses. Oh my gosh, the doubling down though, this is so much... Okay, another edit. I realize that I will never understand my son's motivations to move away. And I will also never understand why he, why he broke free from our culture of family closeness. No, I am completely unable to see the world how he does. And I just have to accept it. I'm still feeling abandoned, neglected, and I'm resenting his decisions. This is like so much emotional drama. And I want to separate myself from this mom right now because this is so hard for me to like hear because... It's just so triggering for me. I think he's ungrateful and I will probably rethink our will. Oh my gosh. That said, I have to accept he adopted a new culture and that's just who he is now. He changed and I'm not able to change him back. So I take the judgment and I will work with what I have from now on. And just to add some extra info, I'm rethinking my will because why should I leave everything for him when he chose to be so far away? This is legit blackmail. Like, this is such terrible, terrible behavior from this mother to be like, you know, everything that I give you is conditional on the way that you show love to me. Like, this is not unconditional love at all. And if that's what traditional of the, the tradition of closeness is, oh my gosh, this is so much. His cousins are all nearby and they help us when we need them. I'm closer to them now than I am to my son. I'm not taking him off the will. I'm just going to leave. I'm just not going to leave everything to him. He gets to live where he wants, far away from us. So I get to choose whatever goes on my will. Choices, right? You know what? She makes a point. At the end of the day, it's her decision what she wants to do with her money. But the blackmail, not cool. Okay, edit four. All caps lock. <laughs> I'm not writing him off my will. I was angry, frustrated, and sad when I wrote that. I never expected him to give up his life for me. That's all I want is my son to be close to his family. That's it. I don't know why it's so difficult for you people to see my point. My son has everything he could possibly need to be successful and stay close, but he chose to move to another country. How am I supposed to feel? I'm proud he's a good professional and a good husband, and I'm happy to have helped him pave this road. 
but I think he's a horrible person for choosing to stay away. And to be honest, he didn't even need to live right next to us. He could have just stayed three hours away so we could visit him often or plan activities together. All you people saying it's his decisions, his life, his choices. I get it. But how is it so easy for all of you to dismiss where I'm coming from? And then she just keeps going with like, why did he need to go to another country? Oh my gosh. Okay, this is a lot. Oh yeah, he never starts conversations. I'm the one who sends texts. And if I don't tell him the news about his relatives, he doesn't ask. How am I not supposed to feel abandoned? Okay, so obviously, the overall verdict here is a-hole. I mean, initially, I did have a little bit of sympathy for this mom to be like, I get where she's coming from. Like, this must be really hard from her to lose, you know, that close relationship with her son. Her son has grown up and has slightly different values. And it's probably hard because she mentioned that he's the only kid in their community that moved abroad. So she gets to watch all her friends and her cousins and her siblings have these close relationships with their sons that she doesn't get to enjoy. And I think it's probably coming from a place of like deep insecurity and deep jealousy. But this is the thing. If you're going to ask people for an opinion, you need to be willing to hear both sides of that opinion. Like she's clearly said she's had a conversation with her son, but it's also very clear she's not listening to her son's, you know, thoughts and valuing his judgment just like she's not valuing the judgment of the like 20,000 people who commented on this. So yeah, I don't know. She just really doubled down and like triggered me with all the emotional drama. And I completely respect the son and the daughter-in-law for keeping a healthy distance because that's probably what's needed in the scenario. This OP, a few months after all of this, apparently posted another update. So let's read that. Hi, I wanted to provide you with an update since my original post gained a lot of attention and sparked various discussions. Some were unfortunately rude and disrespectful. Since my last post, I improved my relationship with my son and his wife, switched therapists, started treatment for my anxiety and depression, right? Like, I think she was just projecting. So this is all really positive. Four, lost my father. Oh, that's really sad. And that must have been hard to do without your son around. And I totally get that. Things started to turn around when I decided to change therapists and went on a few sessions with the new one. Their approach allowed me to come to terms with the fact that my son's values, perspectives on the world, and life objectives will never align with mine. And that's okay. It was a tough realization, but an important one. During therapy, I also discovered that my anxiety was way more off than I thought, and I never treated it. I started taking medication. After a few months, I was feeling a lot better about my son living away from me. Moreover, my therapist helped me understand a crucial aspect of my life. I had been living under the weight of guilt, giving up on so many plans for the sake of my own parents. A silly example, when my husband and I got married, I wanted to get a cat, but my father hated cats. And I thought to myself, my father despites felines. It wouldn't be fair to him to have a cat in our home. What if they come to visit? I wouldn't be a good daughter. When I recounted the story to my therapist, they were shocked on how normal I thought that was. And this was just one of many instances where guilt dictated my decisions. And this is like so true. Like when I said I had sympathy and for her experience, this is all she's ever known. And I feel like a lot of what happens with like unhealthy relationships that kids today have with their parents is because their parents are still living off of the trauma of their experiences. And if you think about our parents' generation, like I know this, this mom is an Indian, but this is a very Desi issue as well. But if you think about our parents' generation, they were expected to really adapt and do a lot for their in-laws. And for those of us that, those of the parents that did move abroad, they did it 
with not a lot of support, like no so support at all. And they were kind of cutting off their families to make those abroad dreams happen. It was probably such a hard time to be a daughter-in-law or a son-in-law or a daughter or a son when, you know, respect was kind of seen as you've got to treat people like authority and you do build resentment. And I think it's really great that this mom has finally recognized that the way that she's projecting her own experiences and her own resentment onto her child was probably just creating this really negative experience for them. So she says, while I may never fully understand or relate to the idea of living far away from family, it still hurts. That's fair. <laughs> I've come to accept that this is my issue to grapple with and not my son's burden. I am determined to confront his challenges alone and refuse to allow it to dictate my happiness. After my father passed, it happened suddenly. My son wanted to come to his funeral, but it would be exhausting for him, not to mention expensive. So I told him there was no need to come. He could stay and we could get together and remember grandpa another time. I was surprised with myself. In other times, I would have guilted him into coming as fast as I could. In conclusion, I want to thank those who were respectful for the wake-up call and on the discussions that unfolded from my initial post. It has been an enlightening journey of self-discovery and growth. I'm committed to continuing my progress and learning how to prioritize my own well-being while respecting the autonomy and choices of those around me. Can I just a clap? a moment like I think it's so hard for people to change their viewpoints and the fact that this mom did it like so late in life after being so determined and doubling down on what she thought her son should be doing this is a testament to show that anyone can grow and anyone can change and everyone should have a good therapist <laughs> that is that story that was a roller coaster but what a great ending what a great story so let's move on to story number three Am I the a-hole for refusing to hide my religion from my daughter? I'm going to say, no, you are not. But let's read the story. I need more context. I, 49 male, and am happily married to my wife of 24 years, 49 female, and I have a daughter, 22 female. My wife and I are both Hindus, growing up in very religious families, which we tried to carry on at home with our daughter. When my daughter entered her high school years, she decided to convert to Islam, Although we didn't 100% approve of her decision, we supported her through her conversion process. She decided to keep her Hindu name, although she went to the mosque on Fridays and refrained from eating pork. When she went off to college, we kept close contact with her, talking with her as often as possible. About a month ago, she legally changed her name from Devi to Fatima without telling us. Naturally, my wife and I were very disappointed. But we spoke to her where she explained to us that she simply wanted to fit in with her Muslim friends and community, which was fine. A short while later, she told us that she actually changed her name so that she would be accepted by her new boyfriend's ultra-conservative Muslim family. My wife and I were previously of the circumstance that caused her to change her name, or even the fact that she had a boyfriend. She explained that her boyfriend, Salim, came from a very strict and conservative Muslim family still living in India. She said that she was serious with him, and she had asked her to, and he had asked her to marry him, to which she agreed, all while leaving us in the dark. Following the Indian custom that the parents of the bride and groom to be meet to decide the conditions and details of the wedding, Salim's parents flew from India to meet us. This is where my daughter decided to tell us that she had lied to her boyfriend's parents, telling them that my wife and I were Muslims as well. She asked us to move all of our Hindu idols, pictures, and anything Hindu from our home into a closet where her boyfriend's parents couldn't tell that we were heretics, as she said. She also asked my wife to move her, remove the bindi from her forehead, which is considered a grave insult in our culture. 
My wife and I flat out refused to allow her to follow through with the request, stating that we wanted to see her happy, but hiding our beliefs and faith wasn't the right way. She got very angry and called us unsupporting and unreasonable and promptly left home. She cancelled the meeting and moved in with her boyfriend, who also ex- expressed his anger and frustration at us. She still refuses to tell her in-laws the full situation and has cut off all ties to us and other family members. Am I the a-hole for refusing to do this for her? Oh my gosh, this is so much. And I think these parents have been, I mean, I don't want to say too supporting because it's great to see a supportive parent, but I really feel like these parents have been too supportive with every single one of their daughter's choices. I mean, we should be um, raising our children to make the best choices that they can make. And we should trust that we have raised them with good values and that they're going to make these great choices. But the reality is that sometimes they might not make the best choices. And in those cases, it's really important to at least have some hard conversations about the implications of what this means, like what the risks are. I think this, these parents have done an amazing job of still being this big part of their daughter's life. But I think the daughter just needs like a real reality check because where does this end? Like, I'm so confused about the daughter's strategy here because if they ask specific Muslim questions, does she expect her parents to know the answers to them? Are they expected to like do the prayers with the family? Like, would they even know how? Like, even if the parents agree to lie for her, which they should absolutely not do because this is their identity, what happens at the wedding? Is Does the entire extended family need to pretend that they're Muslim? Like, does you know, the poor party from India have to suddenly just take off her bindi or her pote and be like a Muslim woman. Like, this is so hard to execute. And it's also so quick to crumble. It literally takes one person in the family or the extended family to just send a note to these people to say, hey, just so you know, this whole relationship is built on a lie. And also, like, let's just keep religion out of this for a second. Starting a relationship on a lie is such a terrible thing to do. I think this girl is clearly young and naive and she's making these like gut reactions. She's probably in love, but yeah, you cannot start your entire relationship on a lie. And I hate that this boyfriend, okay, first of all, I'm not Muslim, so I cannot speak to the culture, but I don't believe that any religious Indian culture that I know of would permit a boyfriend and a girlfriend living together before marriage. The fact that she moved in with him already means that he's maybe not as orthodox or he's like selectively orthodox when it comes to his religion, because I'm pretty sure that's not allowed, right? Like, let me know in the comments. Maybe I'm getting this all wrong, but that already seems like not correct. Not for life. Like, I love it. Move in with your boyfriends. That's great. But like considering the religious context here, I'm not sure about any of this. And the fact that he's pushing her to, you know, start this life on a lie and has already like, I think he's, he must know that this is going to isolate her parents. And that's a really terrifying thing to do. Like when you have a partner who's pressurizing you to, you know, lie and rope in your parents and isolate them and kick them out. And they're painting people who love you in a bad picture or in a bad light, that's already kind of a red flag. And then she changed her name for him to be accepted. Like, 
If you have to change that much of yourself just to be accepted and you're being isolated from, you know, things that you love or people that you love, I don't know. I feel like this girl needs like a rude awakening. And I think these parents need to come down with a hammer to be like, look, we're always there. We love you. We support you. And if she does go through with this relationship, like she needs to know that her parents are always in her corner because when things go south, she's going to need a support system. And it already seems like they're kind of being isolated from each other. Um, But at the same time, I think in a respectful way, without attacking this girl's choices because she's in love and she's making these choices because she believes they're correct. I think the parents need to sit down and just be like, what's the game plan here? What happens in this scenario? What happens in that scenario? And like, you know, kind of talk some sense into her. This is like a really scary situation. I can't imagine watching your daughter go through something like that. Um, And I really hope that, you know, maybe she reads this post or maybe something happens and she figures it out. Or at least that she gets to maintain her loving support system of her parents who they seem really supportive and, you know, like Hindu in the true sense, totally open-minded and accepting. And I can't believe that these are the people she's isolating. The top comment here has 4,000 upvotes. It says, not the a-hole. I'm not sure why she thinks your faith is of less importance than the faith of her fiance's parents, other than the fact that she's young and just not thinking it through. Yeah, that's pretty much covers it all. She's just not thinking this through. That was a quick little story. Um, and I have one more story for today. Uh, the story got so much attention on Reddit and I wasn't sure if this was a Desi story, um, but it presents a lot of Desi themes. So I thought I would put it in this episode. And apparently we have one South American story anyway. So we're totally good. Uh, why not? Let's, let's get it started. Am I the a-hole for begging my girlfriend to uphold a sexist tradition just so she can make a good first impression? I have a big family that's incredibly close. We have big family dinners every few months where we all meet my great-grandfather's estate and eat together. Typically, how this works is that the women go cook for the time that they're there and the men don't, which I am fully aware is sexist, sexist as hell. That being said, I'm one of the youngest people in my family and my protests mean literally nothing. Some of those women choose not to cook. However, this is usually met with a level of ostracizing. The women who don't cook are live-ins and long-term girlfriends, so they kind of already have a good family relationship doctored in. When I have seen new partners not cook, it's gone bad, like completely ostracized, not speaking, cattiness, rudeness, etc. This dinner will be in two weeks, and my girlfriend was asked if she would attend. Initially, she said yes, which is great. I want for her to meet everyone and for everyone to get used to her being around. But when I explained to her the tradition, she was understandably bothered. I told her that I understood where she was coming from. However, it was best for everyone if she just played along. I told her that this isn't a permanent thing and that I'm only asking her to do this so that she can avoid bad treatment from the rest of the family. This is her first impression and I don't think it's best if we cause waves. She told me that it's unacceptable and that if she has to do that, she will not be going. I've tried to find a compromise with her on this, but she won't budge and she's pissed at me. I, she told me that if I think it's acceptable to make her do this, I'm just as bad as everyone else. Well, my point is that she just needs to make a first impression. Am I the a-hole? So here is my thought. In this scenario, yeah, I think you're definitely the a-hole. Like this is clearly a sexist tradition. And again, like the same thing with the previous story, but I don't really know what the strategy is here for this OP because he says that it's just to make a first impression and it's not a permanent thing. But like, 
what happens? She cooks and helps in the kitchen the first two times, and then the third time she stops and everybody's going to still like her? I don't think that's how it works. I think one thing I've noticed, you know, especially as I've gotten older, is people who are going to judge and ostracize and put people down are going to do it no matter what the other person does. So this girlfriend can go into the kitchen and, you know, help to her 100% capacity, but like burn a pancake or not clean up something or whatever. And she will still be ostracized by the other woman if that's the culture that's been created. This is absolutely not the case in my family or even my in-laws family, but I've seen this in so many events I've gone to, even with like people in my generation where it's like all the women will be in the kitchen cooking and all the men will be on the couch watching something on TV or whatever. And um, personally, like I don't like it that much, especially if I'm the new woman. Like I've been the new woman in these situations where the person I know the best is my husband and I don't get to hang out with him. Instead, I'm hanging out with all these other women that all know each other. And I don't know that well. And like, I also am with this girlfriend in the sense, like, I'm not really a kitchen person. So I can be super helpful and I'll do a lot of things. But, you know, I'm not going to be the one sharing my family recipe on whatever. But even if I were, and even if this girlfriend was like a kitchen person and she loved being in the kitchen and she wanted to make a family recipe and bring it in or whatever, I think it becomes a completely different thing when it's the expectation. Like if I go to whatever, my in-law's house or a family friend's house and I'm helping in the kitchen and having a good time and talking to the other woman, it could be a really positive bonding experience. Absolutely. But if I was expected to do that and I knew that these women would judge me if I didn't or if I did it wrong, then I would definitely not want to be anywhere near that kitchen. And Here's the thing, right? Like, I really think it's not cool for you to expect your girlfriend or your wife to do something that they don't want to do. Like I've said this before, that's your relationship right now. That's what you need to prioritize and be the change. Stand up to your family. And if you can't, reassess if this is the right fit for you. Like if you expect her to change herself to fit in with your family already, where does this end? Where does this stop? Like, this is not a short-term thing. Like, she, he keeps saying it's just temporary. It's just for the first impression. I don't really think it works out that way. And yeah, I think there's a lot of thinking that needs to be done. But I don't think it's cool that, you know, you got to force your girlfriend into doing something or put her in a position where she's going to be judged and ostracized anyways. Let's read the top. Oh my gosh, the top comment on this has 81,000 upvotes. So it says, you're the a-hole. And then in quotations, why won't my girlfriend abandon her sense of self-respect so that she can establish herself as a subservient woman tool so that my sexist family won't mentally and verbally abuse her? She just doesn't get it. This is a golden comment. The response to that has 31,000 upvotes, which says in quotations, why is my girlfriend mad that my family expects her to cook for them after inviting her to dinner as a guest? right? I mean, I totally see a cultural nuance here because it's like when you go to families' houses, often the end of the food prep and the serving and all of that, it does typically fall on women, especially in the older generation. But I haven't really seen that much in our generation, especially within our community and family anyways. The other response with 32,000 upvotes says protests are meaningless. You know what OP could do? March into the kitchen himself and help. And if they tell him to go back, insist on helping. 
break the barrier himself and implicitly shame the other men who haven't. This is how a similar horrible family dynamic broke in my family. When I was a kid, I noticed only the woman prepped food and cleaned up. So I challenged my brother and father to help. My aunt cleared my plate for me with a passive aggressive comment. And I was so distressed that my father has gotten up to help every year since then. And so has my brother. These traditions aren't set in stone. This is like such a great response to this. I don't understand why the men can't just march into the kitchen and do this. And I and I know like, you know, we've talked about this before in this episode, but it's like a lot of these women are projecting, right? Like even the aunt in this response, like is obviously projecting and passive aggressive because I don't know, maybe, maybe the uncle isn't exactly the most helpful and she doesn't get to see that at home. And now she's seeing other men help out and step up. But that's what's needed to create the change and creating any sort of change can be uncomfortable, but it's possible. And we need to stop branding, you know, sexism as tradition. We can really decide what true tradition is, what our true traditional values are, and then what we need to evolve and change in the new world. Like that's not a tradition. That's just sexism and misogyny wrapped up in a cute little package so that it can continue on for longer. And I don't think that's the most healthy. And other top comments has 35,000 upvotes. This is such a popular post, it's insane. So here's an excerpt from the comment. It says, I can tell you exactly why the women in your family resent the other women who don't labor in the kitchen with them. It's because they want that freedom to relax a little too, and they're jealous. My best recommendation is for you to take your girlfriend to the kitchen, have her sit down and chat with your family, and you do the dishes and prep work. This way she's not trying to socialize without you, her safe person being around, and her share, although she should not have a share of the work, is being covered by you. I can't believe you have to have this spelled out for you like this, but you're the a-hole if you ditch her in the kitchen to work with strangers while you wander away to go... Have some fun with your male relatives without a care in the world. The original poster posted a couple of comments here and some are relevant-ish. So I'm just going to read them. Um, Oh, okay. So he does clarify that he's Lebanese. So again, not Desi, but you can definitely see some of these similar cultural values um, and similar family structures across so many different ethnic groups. So one of the comments says is, she made me go on a hunting trip with her father and brothers because she thought it would be bonding, even though I really didn't want to go. And I don't like needlessly killing animals for sport. I was willing to put up with that because I knew it would help me integrate into her family. Okay, so like both of them are wrong then. I don't think that she needs to be in the kitchen and he definitely does not need to go hunting. Sometimes I like read these stories and I'm like, are these two people just not a good fit? Like they have such clearly different family values, which is not a problem inherently if they're willing to work together to figure out what their family values are. But if they're expecting the other person to fit in with their now extended family values, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like a good fit. Another comment says, it's not about hands in the kitchen, it's about appearance. And I just need her to appear okay with this once or twice so she can quit without damaging how my family sees her. I don't know why he thinks that once she quits, it's going to suddenly change the family opinion. That doesn't make any sense. I'm asking her to do this at most twice. This doesn't make sense. (laughs) So she can make a good impression and people will like her. Okay, none of this makes sense. I am going to stand on my final rating of a-hole for this person. Um, And I hope that, you know, communication. I think that's the big takeaway. Communicate with your partners. Your partners are your new family. You've got to stand up for them and you've got to maintain healthy boundaries. So that is today's episode on all things family dynamics. Let me know what you thought about this format. 
did you want more stories, less stories? Was this too long, too short? Like we want to hear all the feedback. It is so important because we are a brand new podcast and we are evolving. So we really appreciate it. Your engagement is also so important to me, especially at these early stages. So you can find us basically everywhere. We are both an audio and a video podcast. So find us at Masala Takes and like, comment, share, just just watch it, listen to it. All of these means so much to me and we really appreciate all of your support. Tune in next week for another episode of Masala Takes. See you then. Bye.